Hello, welcome to Naval Gazing, the Valley Indies weekly podcast. My name is Eugene Driscoll. I'm joined by Valley Indie reporter Ethan Fry. Hello, Ethan. Hello, how are you? Pretty good. Let me adjust the mics. We're blowing out. We're blowing out the equipment here. Uh, today, our guests are Seymour First Selectman Kurt Miller and Stefan Bahuniak, a member of the Seymour Board of Selectmen and leader of the town uh, Democratic Party. Do I have that right? That's correct. Yep, chairman of the DTC. Hello, Stefan. Hello. Hello, Kurt. Hello. Thank you very much for coming on the show, both of you. It's your pleasure. It, <laughs> in general, I thought today we would talk about uh, maybe bias in the media, the tone of politics today, uh, and how that, at the, sort of the national level, and how that does or does not tie into our local elections, which are scheduled to take place uh, this November. We're recording this, by the way, it's uh, Thursday, August 3rd. So before we start, however... I just wanted to thank the Ansonia Cultural Commission, this is going to make Kurt really happy, uh, for taking out an advertisement on valleyindie.org. Wow. We, do offer, we do offer ads and sponsored posts uh, for just $99 a week. It's a steal if you consider we have 14,000 followers on Facebook alone. So Rock the Valley, a day of music, art, family and fun is scheduled for saturday august 19th from 2 p.m to 10 p.m at nolan field that's at 350 wakeley avenue in ansonia and this year's concert features the cast of beatlemania also appearing the bernadettes bob's fault and the region's premier Jimi hendrix tribute band no kidding electric ladyland band usa now wow some trivia one of our state senators Oh, yeah. Is a member of Electric Lady Band USA. Can anyone take a guess? As to, let's let the, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. We have a 50-50 shot. I'll let Stefan guess. I couldn't even render a guess. I'm going to go with um, Senator Blumenthal. State Senator George Logan. I tricked you there. I did oh. a little oh. I did a little, That's clickbait, a little different. <laughs> clickbait switch there. You George did. Logan. No kidding. Uh, we'll be playing this gig. And again, it's August 19th, Rock the Valley. Uh, there'll be crafters, food, a beer garden, and kids' activities. Check them out by searching Rock the Valley on Facebook or go to cityofansonia.com, scroll down to featured events. And the rain date for Rock the Valley is August 20th. Okay, so a few weeks back, the two political parties in the town of Seymour nominated their slate of candidates for the upcoming election. Kurt Miller, who, that's you. That's me. You've been nominated for what? You're f- everyone's checking their watch. You guys have been here for... Uh, for <laughs> no, it, bu- it just buzzed. 20 so. minutes. They've checked their watches. My stand goal is f- five of the 12 hours. Okay. All right. So you've been nominated for what term? This is your fourth two-year fourth. term? Say that again? Fourth. Yeah. As, uh, as the first selectman. Yes. And then uh, Mr. Bahuniak over here. You're running for your second two-year term on... Board of Selectmen. The Board of Selectmen. 
Uh, and I should just note for the record, Kurt, you're you're a Republican, and Stefan is a is a Democrat. For anybody keeping track at home, but let's compare. I thought we could talk about. <laughs> let's compare Seymour politics to the political climate uh, in the neighboring towns, specifically Ansonia and Derby's, because I'm sort of obsessed with uh, with Seymour. Because uh, basically, you guys seem to be the debates. Either you have a it's it's on a higher level or it's it's more civil. I don't know if higher level is the right term, uh, or you're just really good at hiding your dysfunction. I don't know uh, which it is. And if you look at if you look at Ansonia, right? When did Ansonia, Ethan? When did they get taken over by the uh, Republicans? Two thousand two thousand thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. Uh, Republicans come in, they sweep out the Democrats, and a big shift in who's running the city. Mm. And then eventually, though, the Republicans just start fighting with each other mm. for, for whatever reasons. And the yeah. same thing in Derby, where there's Democratic control of the Board of Aldermen and the mayor's office right now, yet the mayor and the majority of our aldermen just do not get along. Uh, and that's been brought very public by the fact that there is supposed to be a primary, that uh, Mayor Degato is being challenged by Carmen Desenzo, a member of her own party. And we're not even talking about the rivalries among the traditional two parties in each town, mm. the Democrats and the Republicans. So, But to get the feel of that rivalry, all you got to do is log on to the Valley Indies Facebook page. Right. 14,000 strong, by the way. <laughs> Just in Ansonia this week, we had a supporter of Mayor Cassetti accuse us of bias because we ran several photos of the mayor's opponent within a letter to the editor written by the mayor's opponent. Uh, to me, it was one of the most bizarre and somewhat scary accusations of bias I've seen, and I've been a reporter for 19 years now. And I thought it was bizarre because on its face, it's ridiculous and scary mm-hmm. because you're, you're saying that an entire institution is somehow inherently unfair because they printed a political view. A letter to the editor, essentially. An opinion yeah. that doesn't adhere to your personal political beliefs uh to me that's just a scary position to take in the u.s but it's become that's now mainstream that yeah. type of thinking is now everywhere kurt yeah, I asked, uh, you I just, you're just trying to <laughs> throw me off by <laughs> fake news but yeah and we exactly and fake news that's what's become it's easy to say the mantra yeah. and that, that sort of that 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 sort of virus that sickness in my opinion that's overtaken uh the national uh, political scene where people are so partisan, it's just insane. We're starting to see it trickle down in little ways. And I think that's an example, uh, my opinion. And yet in Seymour, Stefan, we had a freelance writer go up and cover the democratic town committee's nominating convention yep, or caucus, whatever it is. I always get screwed up on those terms. And you guys didn't run a candidate against Mr. Miller. Correct. Right here, who again is messing with who? It's just moving the microphone. And I thought it was just a breath of fresh air to read your comments, assuming we reported them accurately, where you're just saying, hey, look, you know, it's not a great time to be a, a Democrat at this point uh, in time. Uh, you, you didn't attack the other side. Uh, why not? I don't think we have a lot to gain by attacking a candidate when we don't have an alternative candidate. Um, Also, Seymour is in pretty decent shape comparatively to some of the other towns around us for a lot of reasons that Kurt talks about often. Uh, There are definitely members of my party that 
disagree with a lot of things that Kurt does. I don't agree with everything that Kurt has done and, and continues to do. But for the most part, we are in good shape. It's tough to criticize. At the moment, Seymour is a very Republican town, despite what the registered voter numbers say. You know, we had 59% of people vote for Trump. Um, and that's just, I think... And I some believe of that voted for uh, 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 Foley? Is that who yeah, we took Foley. on... Yeah, if you look at big, uh, if you look at uh, national or statewide races, we vote Republican for everyone except Rosa DeLauro. Right. And, I, and my theory on that is people know Rosa DeLauro personally, and that makes them more likely to vote for her. I think that I think you see that at all levels with Congress people. If you know the person that you're voting for, you're going to vote for him regardless of the party. Um, so we're we're not in a great position, especially against a three-term incumbent who is clearly popular. We ran a great campaign against him two years ago, and we didn't come close frankly um so the problem the problem is finding the right person who's willing to put themselves out there to almost certain loss this year despite how well they might do it's tough. there is that argument that well you should you know in a democracy there should There's be always another choice how right. do you answer right so we we thought about that a lot i mean the, the process of creating our slate and coming to the realization we were not going to run a first election candidate was not a short or not well thought out process uh we thought a lot about it we discussed a lot about it. all the senior members of the democratic party talked about it it's it's just not the time for the right people the people who could run a very good campaign and and need the the platform it you don't want to discourage them with, with a with a sound defeat this year and uh, frankly a lot of our good people are young we have which yeah, that brings me to I want to ask you about. Well, the, we can uh, get into that. I can go yeah, on yeah. for no, but go seven ahead, hours go about ahead. that. Yeah, yeah. But just the right. It's not the right time. There's for a the movement. Right there's a movement afoot in the Lower Naugatuck Valley, uh, where it's is. it's. What'd you say? I said there definitely is with young Democrats, right? And they're literally called the Naugatuck Valley. What what is the yeah. name of that? Naugatuck group? Valley Young Democrats. To plug them, I'm the vice president of the Naugatuck Valley Young Democrats. The president, Kara Rochelle, is she's a powerhouse, and she she will find people out of everywhere so I that's keep, i keep having these people knock on my door i'm unaffiliated yeah my wife is a democrat mm -hmm. i don't know if she wants me sharing that with the world but i just uh -oh. did so we were getting a lot of knocks on my door because there's a lot of you know the primary coming up in uh in in derby and yeah these are people that um they're younger people new to the scene and i believe they're all from that group so a lot of them are we've gotten a lot of people involved and that's tough and i interrupted you but because i wanted to come back to sure. that and ask you what but go ahead, whatever you were saying, whatever you were saying. I'm really a great broadcaster. <laughs> I apologize. Just to, to put a bow on it, I think we have a strong slate. Something that we were very conscious of when we were putting the slate together was putting people into the right positions where our best people had the best chance to get elected. Um, we faced the prospect of probably just getting minority representation, which, if people don't know, every elected town board, you have to have a certain number of people not in the majority party. Um, so that's basically what we get right now with the demographics the way they are. So we wanted to make sure our best people and our brightest and most up and coming people had a chance to be elected this year. And, and I will say, I just want, I put this on Twitter, uh, just bouncing back to whether we're, uh, biased. I am unaffiliated, but I thought, uh, one of the groups that could make a legit, com uh, complaint against us for possibly being, uh, being unfair is your group only because we have Kurt Miller monthly on, on this podcast and, uh, you know, one of our challenges is, first of all, we're not broadcasters, we're not podcasters. So when we got this equipment and this idea, we're sort of flying blind. But our thought was, 
we'll have on uh, the you know the chief elected official in each town to get to get updates mm-hmm. uh, on just what's happening in, in the town. And I don't think Kurt, you've ever come in and really. We try to get you to make a poli- uh, sling political mud, but you don't really go for it. No. But uh, but anyway, it's just surprising to me that like places where I don't think we're going to get accused of bias, we do, and then places that we could probably say, yeah, you, you do have a point there. I can't argue that, but here's why. I would have to justify it. But it doesn't happen in Seymour, so people are so darn civil. There's And, and I was telling you, there's some Seymour Democrats who, who think that there's some biases, not just with your paper, but with you know every other paper. But I think part of that comes from us not being a party in power. Naturally, we're going to get less coverage. Uh, naturally, it's Kurt has an easier platform to put his you know triumphs and successes out there. Kurt is not going to willingly offer failures or perceived failures. Nobody's going to right. So that's that's where that feeling comes from. There, I don't think there's any biases from there this is paper. a natural. I think there is a natural bias. Like you're always going to sort of favor the person who's in power just because they're the ones that are driving the ship. You know? Wouldn't you agree, Ethan? Like, and, and the way to not. I mean, you got to. Yeah, I don't calls. think it's. A, I don't think it's. A, a, a natural bias I wouldn't say bias it's just like they're they're, they're gonna, gonna be get in the covered more. more yes exactly yeah. and and like something like when I write local stories like a lot of the time I don't even I don't you know I you don't forget. say Republican first selectman Kurt yeah. Miller right and, you know and, and um, it does you know, it literally doesn't come you into your mind yeah, yeah yeah and like and in Seymour like it's it's um, you know the Republicans are enjoying more success right now um, but like there is a, a Democratic chairman of the Board of Finance, and that's you know the the most important you know besides the Board of Selectmen, I think people would say the most important uh, town board, and he seems to you know have a pretty good working relationship with everybody. Um, so I like I you know as you said the the there it, it's it just seems to be less contentious in Seymour, and unless you know unless that's like at the forefront of the issue, like the, the like party politics, like it, occasionally we see in, in Ansonia, like then, yeah, it's, you, you know, you go to, you delve into that. But like, if you're just writing a story about like the alderman's meeting, the mayor said this, you know, it's not, not like Republican mayor, David mm. Cassetti, X, Y, Z. Um, I don't know. You know, one thing I want going back to Seymour for a second, I was at your nominating convention up there in Seymour. My favorite part was where uh, you have the skate park, Yep. Right outside. And right before you guys began, I'm assuming it was a kid, but maybe it wasn't. Somebody went by on a skateboard dressed as a as a dinosaur. Yes. Uh, which that was is nice. <laughs> I, I did take a picture of that. I didn't run it, but it was just a great moment. <laughs> was it Ken Dixon? Ride Ken the, Dixon? Ride the dinosaur. Oh, maybe, maybe it was wow. like a... Holy cow. That's a, a reference a gorilla to... gorilla marketing campaign from the, the Bad Slugs. That's the, and the Connecticut bad, Post newsroom band. Yeah, there's a newsroom band, and, and uh, we've been using their uh, music as our intro. Ride the Dinosaur <laughs> is, uh, is about the newspaper industry. But I wanted... At the end of that meeting, I didn't put it into the article. By the way, I overwrote that article. That, art, I, that was kind of embarrassing when I go back and, and look at it. I just... I was grasping for straws. There was wasn't crazy. a lot of. There wasn't a lot. You didn't. You did you? You made a speech. No, there was no nominating speech. Yeah, sad. He put me to work there. But anyway, I did talk to Al Bruno after the meeting, and I just want to play. When I edit this together, it'll it'll sound better. But I asked Mr. Bruno about. Okay, so in Ansonia, we had the GOP take over. They started fighting with each other. In Derby, we had the Democrats take over. They started fighting with each other more than they fight with the opposite party. But in Seymour, there's this thing where the Republicans uh, came back, actually. sort of. An, you're, you were part of the new upstart 
uh, members of the Republican Party after uh, first selectman Koskowski lost to Democrat Paul Roy. Then yes. you came in and, and got it back after two years. But I just asked him why he thought the Republicans weren't imploding in Seymour or fighting like they have in other towns. And, and here's what he had to say. And I thought it was interesting because he actually sort of went into the personal decisions involved in running for office, which uh, I would never do. But here we go because it's too much of a headache. So when the how does how do you prevent infighting from within your own party that we see elsewhere? What, what's the key to that? I think uh, I think the key is you have to have a strong leader who knows how to collaborate with others, who's willing to listen to other people. We have not shut out anybody's opinion, to my knowledge, in the six plus years I've been involved. Um, when Kurt first asked me to run back in 2011, I was a little hesitant. Wow. Um, just that I didn't feel like uh, I, I don't think I, I really didn't want to get involved in town politics at the time just because um, I, I just didn't feel I was ready for it uh, I was running our local soccer club I'm, I'm president of the local soccer club and, okay. and I, I could see how it was, it was a lot of work to be a volunteer I understand that but I wanted to give back to my community and he said to me we're going to do it the right way and I said, I think just just the uh, I just wasn't sure how that might be perceived with kids in the school system. My wife worked in, in the school district yeah, at one sure. point, and and uh, I, I wasn't sure I wanted to take on those volunteer kind of issues. Um, I was kind of happy doing my own thing, volunteering, and work has always been a priority for me and my family. But it hasn't really interfered that much, so I'm glad that he successfully talked me into it and gave me a chance. But my point was that... I said, Kurt, you have to be transparent. Like, we're going to do this, it has to be transparent with the leadership. I don't want to deal with any drama if we don't have to. Let's do things the right way. And he said, yeah, we are. And, and we have. So to answer your question, I think that's why. I think Democrats and Republicans alike, I think we understand what we're trying to do. Uh, we've communicated it. We've moved it forward. And like Kurt said, you know, we had a little dip. We've kind of dug ourselves out of that, that hole that was created. We've stabilized the, the community's finances. Our bond rating's gone up. We brought new business in town. We still have, well, like he said, we still have to keep moving it forward. There's still a lot of work to be done. So that was Al Bruno, who basically uh, said that the reason the Seymour Republicans haven't turned on each other in any way is because of your leadership. Well, I guess it's the brown nose Kurt Miller program, <laughs> apparently. But how, how, how do you keep... Uh, any type of warring factions within your party in line, or does it just not exist up there? Well, there's definitely, um, I wouldn't say the RTC is one cohesive unit. There's certainly some people that disagree with the things uh, that I've done. But uh, when it comes to the selectmen, um, there's a lot of back and forth uh, between them. I take their opinions. I run things by them. Um, you know, there's a lot of I wouldn't call them arguments, but heated discussions in my office. But when a decision is made by the group, we come out and we're all together on that. And you don't see that in a lot of other towns. Um, you know, going back to some of the comments earlier, I think Fred Stanek is, and I've used this analogy before, but, you know, at the local level, the Republicans and the Democrats are, are nothing but two clubs. You know, picking up your garbage and plowing the roads and having good schools and keeping taxes low, those aren't Republican or Democratic issues. Those are just good issues for small towns. So we are two distinct clubs during the campaign. So out of every 24 months, three months of that, we're in campaign mode and we're two distinct teams. But the other 21 months, uh, you know, we're 16,500 people in a small town. 
just trying to make the community better. So I think a lot of the people in Seymour have that mentality, both Republicans and Democrats. I mean, Stefan and I work very well together. We're putting a charter revision commission together, and him and I went back and forth um, a lot picking the people to make sure that we got the right people in this group. A lot of other towns don't do that, so I think we're just fortunate. Where the Democrats are now and what Stefan is doing is where we were uh, in 2011, well, in 2009. Uh, we kind of did the same thing. We were able to do it a little bit quicker because of the demographics of the town, as you guys have talked about. Kind of regroup. And, yeah, and, and we reorganized, got some younger, fresh faces in um, that we hadn't had in Seymour politics before, and I think that's helped. The same thing that you know, they're trying to do on the Democratic side. And I think if you remember my speech, I said that the Democrats are young and they're hungry, mm -hmm. and we just can't take, because they don't have a first selectman candidate, we just can't just rubber stamp this and think it's going to be easy. We still got to get out, hit the doors, and do all the important campaign stuff that we need to do because they're going to do all that. It was interesting. You know, you brought up charter revision, and I was looking through, you know, we have our wall of propaganda. When you first walk into our office, uh, in Ansonia, and back in 2011, there were three people running for uh, first selectman. There was Paul Roy, who was the incumbent at that point. Mm -hmm. You were the Republican challenger, and then uh, Gene Loda was a petition petitioning candidate. And uh, it's interesting, to, if you just, I mean, this is a podcast, so it's not going to work as well, but if you look at the Democrat, or Der Derby Democratic and Republican flyers from that year, you know, you got one... <laughs> one party calling the other party a liar, essentially, uh, with a with a cartoon. It looks like they employed the same cartoon. Well, like the, the Disney intellectual and property people might might, you got, might yeah, want to have a word. About there's that, so that much that going one. on in this particular flyer <laughs> where one, one with the growing nose, one side's yeah, calling the other the other side a liar, and there's Pinocchio with the growing nose, and then you have this other where it's a uh, it's a picture of a old bald looks like a salesman. Death of a Salesman type uh, cartoon <laughs> character, you know, looking like he's very upset. He's, he's uh, clearly packed up his bags and is being thrown out of his home, it looks like. It's just terrible. Then you go to Seymour's, and Jean Loda, who was like an upstart that year, sort of the maverick rogue. She went, she went rogue that year. Mm -hmm. And her... <laughs> I'm holding like a four-page flyer, and it's just oh complete like l issues, yeah. just yeah. total issues. One of which was charter revision. So it's uh, it's just interesting to me to to, to see the uh, the difference between the way the the politicians work in some of these towns. But uh, I think I mean roads. She brought up roads, which became sort of a cornerstone mm -hmm. of your administration. Uh, and then there's some others, you know, and then this Tritown Plaza, the things that will always seem to plague Seymour. It looks like uh, Tritown Plaza, the Ames Building. Uh, there, but uh, anyway, so getting start, getting back to the upstart uh, Democrats. Tell me about the uh, the young Democrat group. How often you meet, and whether like because in my mind, I'm just and this is just a hypothesis that like you know I, I think this is what I think about in my spare time. I don't I've never actually asked anybody, but on the national level, you have Donald Trump. Uh, in office, who's offensive to many people? I don't like Donald Trump. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. I think I think the man is a, is a plague on our on our mm. country because of what comes out of his his mouth. Uh, that's just me. I agree. Has that spurred the local Democrats uh, and the people you're associated with to get involved? Yeah, it certainly has. An issue with young people particularly and i think this applies to everybody also in local politics is people don't know where to go uh before i joined the democratic town committee i did not know what a town committee was i think a lot of people are in the same boat i think the nature of the election in the fall was so preposterous on all levels that 
it really made a lot of people question what's going on. You know, why is this happening? Um, and, and I think they, they all realize it's time. If I'm ever going to be involved, it's time to get involved now. And I think because Donald Trump won, it, it allowed Democrats to feel like they really had to get, get moving. And so to the Naugatuck Valley Young Democrats, uh, we do meet, we meet once a month on the third Wednesday of every month. Uh, we also have a, basically like a pub night monthly, um, typically on the second Tuesday of every month how many people are involved in it we i would say our numbers right now are somewhere in the 20s uh maybe about 25 people that what campaigns are you involved in locally so because obviously it seems like you're really entrenched in the derby race from what well, i we're see. very new we're a very new organization we started uh late winter so right now we are most involved in derby and that simply because there's a lot going on in derby we have a democratic primary coming up in derby um which obviously impacts the or the young democrats want to have an impact on that right away um so but we will be involved in all of the races we actually have members of the nonatic valley young democrats running in just about every town in the valley for some positions so we will certainly be supporting our people in those races and you know good democrats that we we believe in since could I, could I ask a question since yeah, the uh since the election of trump there's been um like there's been this fight within uh you know the center left to all you know left left mm-hmm. uh saying you know this this is why trump won hillary was too much of a centrist uh it, you know just to 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 uh, sum it up quickly like that's obviously more complicated uh is is that do you see that reflected on the local level or is that is there just sort of more of a a big tent uh idea or do you do you think you the you guys as the young democrats are more to the left than the traditional uh democratic parties in the valley yeah i think without a doubt i think the bulk of people who feel felt disenfranchised by this uh this election were Bernie people and not necessarily just Bernie people, but people who, and and I mean, young Democrats anyway, skew farther left. That's just, that's just the demographic thing. Um, so a lot of the people that are, are coming in, they, they were pissed off about first how Bernie was treated. And then, you know, the vast majority jumped into, onto Hillary's bandwagon. And then, you know, the way that she was treated during the campaign and the way that the, the party treated everyone else. I think there was a big perception of, you know, inequality that people don't like when someone, um, when they feel like someone is anointed. And I think a lot of people felt like Hillary was anointed. Um, it's, it's an interesting balance though. There are definitely people all over the, uh, the democratic spectrum that are involved, but definitely a spike in the, the far left. Sure. How about, you know, I, I mentioned uh, Trump, but then I, I should also mention, to be fair, that we have Governor Malloy on the state level mm. who is extremely unpopular. Mm. Uh, t- we keep getting people. Uh, Anytime we post an article about even mentioning him at passing, it's, it's you know, you're going to get 10. Almost, yeah, you're you going to get you're guaranteed 10. Uh, that guy's a bum. Throw him out type posts. And this dysfunction that's happening on the state where they can't get their house, financial house in order, we keep getting people asking us all the time. Where, where it's, the, where it's the opposite of here where Republicans tax? have the majority in, the, in statewide. It's Democrats have almost uh, 
uh, veto-proof majority. Um, How is well the in, in the state legislature? Yes, but if you look at the chief elected officials of the communities, there's substantially more Republicans than Democrats. How's the state budget crisis affecting Seymour right now? Did you have you sent out your car taxes? Uh, we sent it out at 36 mils. Okay. Um, if the state does pass a budget and it does go to 32 mils, which I don't believe it will, um, at that point we'll just refund the money back to the residents. Because I mentioned that because in Ansonia and Derby, we're still waiting and, and people Basically, are very confused. Yeah, yeah. And that's, we didn't want to cause confusion. I would rather at some point maybe in January or February, we're sending residents a check for a refund in taxes as opposed to going back to them and asking for more. And Jen, I was going to say, is that, is that, is that check going to be October 31st, <laughs> <laughs> November 2nd? <laughs> yeah. The, uh, we got a letter yesterday from Ben Barnes, who is the uh, uh, commissioner of OPM. The budget man. And he essentially said that uh, the state, while they're supposed to be funding out of the MERS account for the drop in the mill rate Don't look cars, at because then you drop out. Oh, sorry. Just like, you got to go like um, this. The state is refusing to send that money out to the towns at this point. So I'm, I stepped on that. Repeat that. The state is refusing to send the money onto the towns to pay for the drop in the mill rate in cars to 32 mills. So, again, they, it's another unfunded mandate uh, from the state. And, again, this is another program that's two years old that they can't even maintain. Now, I would think, uh, as a Republican, Kurt, uh, you're involved with Shelton Mayor Mark Loretti's run for governor. Yes. Uh, it would seem that the Republicans, this is your party's race to lose, given Malloy's unpopularity. Is that? Um, you would think that, but I think there's some uh, very good... Democratic candidates as well, so I don't think it's just going to be a shoo-in. Malloy has already declared himself; he's not. Running. Yeah, the governor he, said he's he not. He seems gonna to run. know that how unpopular he is. Yeah, I think he sees the writing on the wall. Uh, and then backtracking to this talk of of negative uh, culture or campaigning, Trumbull and Shelton got oh, some. Yeah. Holy cow! Yeah. Uh, neighboring towns, two Republicans. Two Republicans. Two friends, too. Two, two really? Yeah. I, they did not seem like friends yeah. based on what they're saying in the newspaper. Uh, yeah, for well, anyone they're, either, they're very friendly. Yeah. They, uh, I guess what happened was, what, it's Timothy Herbst? Yeah, Herbst. Tim Herbst. Yeah, yeah. I don't Herbst. Make sure, okay, I don't want to mispronounce his name. But I guess uh, Q-Tip is based, they're owned by Unilever. Unilever, yeah. According to the Connecticut Post. Uh, and they moved some jobs, some people from Trumbull to Shelton. And what did Loretti do? Like a victory lap? How did this get started? And why? How did this? How does this benefit anybody to see these two? I, I'm not 100 percent sure of the genesis of how it all started, but uh, you know, it came up about businesses being in Shelton and and things like that. And you know, Mayor Loretti, ha Mayor Loretti had said, "Well, you know, look at example of Unilever. Things are so good in Shelton that they were willing to move one town over." And that's, I think, the point that he was trying to make. It wasn't really an attack per se, on Trumbull and attack, per se, on First Selectman Herbst. It was just more a point of Shelton is so attractive that towns will simply move one town over to get the benefits of Shelton. Um, Tim, who I'm very good friends with, uh, he's, he's a very aggressive campaigner. Um, and, you know, he sees that as a slight of him and a slight of Trumbull. So he, in turn, is going to return fire into Mayor Loretti. And that kind of started the, the back and forth between those and two. I saw something, it might be a private Facebook page, so I don't want to name the person, but I saw someone from Shelton, a Shelton resident, posted a comparison of Trumbull SAT scores versus Shelton SAT mm -hmm. scores, uh, and I think uh, Trumbull did slightly better or something. And then there was a comment by Tim Hurt, Tim, what's it? 
Tim Herbst. Herbst. I don't know why I keep... Sorry. Uh, he basically, not bashed Loretti, but he basically used every Democratic uh, critique of Mayor Loretti we've heard since 2009, saying he doesn't do enough to fund the schools, he doesn't fund the roads. Uh, it was interesting to see. And, and to see it on a personal page of just some not exactly random, but a Shelton resident uh, was surprising. So yeah, he is pretty aggressive there. Uh, you know, and this is the thing. And Loretti doesn't even read email, so he's never going to see this. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And I, I would have yeah. thought that like, you know, oh, Loretti's just going to take over the Valley in terms of that Republican uh, primary, I guess, the, or, you know, nomination fight. Uh, we'll see if it goes to a primary. Um, but uh, it, it appears that Herbst has some traction with, with some uh, local Republicans because I think uh, I saw uh, he'll be speaking at a fundraiser for Mayor Cassetti here Ooh. in Ansonia coming up. So, uh, and he, he stopped by, uh, just dropped, quote, you know, dropped in on a, uh, an alderman's meeting a month or so ago in Ansonia just to uh, you know, wave his hand and uh, do a little flesh uh, handshaking with all the uh, the people so i thought that was a uh, that was interesting too well you know and this goes back to what we were talking about when we started the fact that you have two potential top candidates for governor in the republican party are fighting with each other this far out from the election is just insane these guys should be focused on qualifying for the money to make sure that they're there and then starting in january working on the delegates so you go into the convention with the money qualified and with minimum your 15 percent delegates to qualify for the primary ballot the fact that they're attacking each other about where unilever is and who has better sat scores as a first selectman we have no say in the school system mm. so for tim to make that comment to mark is quite ridiculous. If I'm Mark, I would turn around and say, well, the taxes are so much lower in, Sh in Shelton than they are in Trumbull. Someone can send their kid to private school and they would still pay less doing that than they would taxes in Trumbull. So, but why are we wasting our time on things like that? We have a state budget that hasn't been passed. All the Republicans and all the Democrats should be working together to get that state budget passed. That's where their focus should be. And that's the disappointing thing. Did did you? Did any of you see the? Uh, I think it was either a blog post or maybe a column in the current. I don't know which. It was Kevin Rennie. Uh, apparently, the state Republicans have like a list of reporters in there. Did you see this? And Neil Vigdor no. was. Oh well. Now well, we he can't got talk about. It. I believe Didn't Neil was banned, banned from yeah. the state convention. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was. A, but then something else uh, came out within the last couple of weeks. But I'll move yeah. on since you guys aren't familiar with it. Uh, Ruck, Daily ructions is where I saw. Yeah, it. that's. Kevin's thing. So going back to Seymour, I've lost my train of thought, so I'll edit this next part uh, out of the podcast. <laughs> oh, but I wanted, editing things. I, I wanted to, I'm a little bit, a little <laughs> bit if I curse or something like that, but I wanted to ask you something Seymour specific. Is there any issues you want to touch upon in Seymour and maybe what I actually wanted to ask you about will... Want to know the updated fund balance? Pop <laughs> back into my head. How about the debt ratio? We could do this week in history. Yeah. Let's do yeah. Ethan. Let's do this week in history. And this is a Seymour specific. Holy oh, cow! Beautiful Seymour specific this, this week in history. Eight years awesome. in the making. And I just want to note: it's very hard to find Seymour uh, news from the old Evening Sentinels because apparently no one's cared about the town. Seymour has been ignored for years. Uh, August first, nineteen oh six. 
Uh, this was interesting. Seymour, residents of the Washington Avenue and Humphrey Street area are complaining they cannot get any sleep because of the train whistles blowing day and night. Not an issue currently right now, uh, frequency of trains. But That's correct. They're building a, uh, in the process of building a, a siding that uh, in the, at, at local stations that will uh, allow more trains on the, the Waterbury line. I just want to say and in hopefully Derby. Hopefully mine and Stefan's grandkids will be able to see that. <laughs> Might take a while. In Derby, we have, uh, you know, I live on Hawthorne Avenue, sort of overlooking a couple of the old, uh, like Derby Cellular, Tom Harbin, the Harbinson, yeah. uh, uh, I can't remember the name of his business, but those guys too. One of those has like a, a whistle still goes off. It's like, I don't know what mm. type of whistle, like a shift. It's just, there's no, it's not doing anything, but it still goes off at various times. Hmm. Uh, just one of those like weird traditions that if anybody knows where that whistle is from, put it on our Facebook page and uh, you'll win my appreciation. And a free mug. And a free month of that the Valley Indie. send to you. Yeah, don't bring up the mugs. We still have to mail out our great give ones. I'll have to oh. edit this out too. Yeah, we're going to have... <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have George Jepson on us for <coughs> false pretenses. Yeah, I got to uh, do that. August do that. 11th, 1906. A total of 1,000 people watch a state league baseball game between the Seymour and Woodbridge town teams. Many leave disgusted as they think the game was thrown in Woodbridge's favor <laughs> wow. with a score of 10 to 2. Another Echoes way, Seymour threw it. Another, Seymour took a dive. In the dive. days that follow, three players no are subsequently thrown off the Seymour team over the incident. And this seems to be sort of a, a running undercurrent in Seymour because August 9th, 1930, an ugly scene occurs when the Shelton Crescents baseball team beats the Seymour Cubs at Park Field. The Shelton team and fans are reportedly stoned while leaving town. Well. <laughs> Several are injured. That's what you and get. And two days later, according to the, again, these are from the Evening Sentinel archives via derbyhistorical.org, August 11th, 1930, Responding to the criticism levied by Shelton Crescent's baseball team's alleged rough handling after winning a game against Seymour at Parkfield, Seymour supporters claim Shelton fans started throwing stones first. They further allege that the last time the Cubs played in Shelton, the Seymour team and fans had to, quote, sneak off for fear of being <laughs> killed, unquote, after the game. So. Those local baseball rivals rivalries were something else. You think the, the football is bad wow. now, back in the day. I would never think to pick up a rock and throw it at someone. That's like old school. You'd hope, yeah. You know? I know. I remember what I wanted to ask you guys. Oh, all right. There epiphany. The other day, actually day? last night, I guess there was a meet and greet for the new school superintendent in, uh, in Seymour, Mike Wilson, who was previously the assistant superintendent in Ansonia before that worked in Greenwich. Uh have you met him? Have you guys? What's your assessment of uh, Mr. Wilson and how he'll do in the town of Seymour? Uh, we actually haven't met as of yet. Um, we really? Scared, yeah. This is fascinating to me. See, I yeah. just I just figure you guys all get together and have like a big powwow with all. Uh, no, we were uh, scheduled to have lunch a couple times, which we had to cancel for different reasons, uh, both him and I. But we ha have not actually physically shaken hands yet. Stefan? I haven't met him either. I've talked to most... Er, a good number of members of the board of education and they all said pretty much the same things about him. They said he's a good guy. He'll have a, a you know, good direction for the town and they're excited to get him started. So I look forward to it, but no, I have not met him either. Ethan, do you have, <laughs> have you met him, Ethan? <laughs> I have met him a couple of times. Well, 
but we have about i guess we'll go like we have about 10 minutes i know you guys uh, uh have to get out of here we've been on for 41 minutes and i want to ask uh stefan is there any issues uh, in seymour in general that you want to to talk about or let people know about uh, anything or everything under the sun well i think we're going to get into campaign season very soon here i think a lot of issues will come up um something that's been kind of coming up a lot lately at least in the board of selectmen level is economic development which is an issue everywhere um there's there's been some good interesting conversations about the direction of the town's economic development and debate about what we should be doing in that regard um i think that will be continuing for quite a while um, is the issue that the democrats are you're not happy with the way economic development is handled in town which i believe correct me if i'm wrong you have uh, a is it part-time you have a part-time economic, part-time development, economic development director who's a realtor yes i think democrats are very unhappy with economic development but i think more more than just democrats i think just about everybody would like to see more economic development there's definitely some disagreement on how we do that um for example the biggest point of contention i think is the greenway trail which i'm sure you guys are familiar with uh phase one is is just about to open that's supposed to open what next week two weeks something two like weeks. That? yeah um we spent a lot of money on it i know we got a lot of state funding for it um the economic development director spends a good majority or at least 50 percent of his time uh, working on that project there's definite there's a definite belief among a lot of people that his time could be better spent considering we do have probably right now i would say the slowest at least if you look at it, like retail we have the slowest retail economic development in the valley and i know we're you know we should be shifting away from retail because retail is kind of dead but it, it doesn't make people happy to see that i think so i would think okay if somebody and just based on what you said i have no prior knowledge of any of this but Usually in other towns where we see them deal with greenways, there's like a, a, a grant person or someone full-time who wears both hats because that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty much funded by, by grants. Mm-hmm. And usually the there's someone who, like the grant administrator, will be doing all that. Uh, but you're saying the economic development director is too tied in or too consumed, perhaps by I uh, believe fault, so. but the nature of the position that it's part-time. Right. I believe so. Um, and we... If you watch the video or read the minutes from the last selectman meeting, you could hear a lot about uh, some disagreement with that. That's something how that, does Kurt, one, that's how something that Kurt and that? I, for example, disagree on, right. but we don't get into knockdown, drag out fights about it necessarily. Uh, uh, well, you will right now. We've got 10 <laughs> minutes. <I'm> gonna, no, <laughs> well, just, the, uh, how does one find the, 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 uh, the Seymour Selectman video? Sure. It's they're right on YouTube on Seymour. It's Seymour CT YouTube page. What's it called? Yeah, SeymourCT.org, and there's a link for videos. Yep. Oh, gotcha. Right okay. Yep. So uh, th- that's an interesting uh, subject, I guess, Kurt, as we close out. Let's talk for a second about uh, videos economic, or economic development. Economic <laughs> development or videos, videos of economic development, which that's page view gold. Well, I, I would challenge the assertion that there's just, not Just a turn lot that microphone slightly. Yeah, okay. Economic development in Seymour. Um, and I think, you know, Stefan actually said it would. If, if people focus on retail, I would agree there's not a lot of retail uh, development going on in Seymour like there is in Ansonia and Derby. But I would argue Larry Janeski's uh, $16 million investment in the town of Seymour for his new buildings, one he just opened on Tuesday. Building three. Building three. And I think if you were there, I mean, you saw that's quite a building. Uh, So when you have one of your largest taxpayers, one of your largest employers, 
making that kind of reinvestment in the community, I think that says a lot about the direction. You look at the major investments that Thule has made, MPI has made. So these are our big taxpayers, our big employers. They see what's going on and they're making those, those investments. So I would challenge the notion that there's no economic development in Seymour just because it's not Triton Plaza. That is not the only place for economic development in the town of Seymour. But th uh, now this is a fight between Stefan and I. So you see. You guys are calling th this a fight? But that's what I'm saying. This is what it's like. These are the fights we oh, have. Okay. It's, it's respectable. It's gentlemanly. And when we're done, we're done. And we move on to work on something else. I think that's why we work so well together. Did you want to respond to the economic Well, I'm just going to say something that I try to do since I've gotten involved in local politics is to try to base my positions more on what people tell me about than what I what I think necessarily I obviously there's a lot of influence what I think influences my decisions a lot however what I hear from people also influences my decisions I think to, to toot my own horn a little bit I think I get out there and talk to people as much as anybody um, and I think Kurt would agree with that oh, yeah, well, absolutely. Uh, and so an issue that comes up constantly if you go door knocking you can go door knocking in February of a non-election year and people will tell you that they're not happy with economic development and you have to take you have to take it with a grain of salt because not everybody knows exactly the ins and outs of it but there's there's an issue i think if you polled everyone in town 80 90 percent would say that we can be doing a better job with economic, economic development so that's it's something that you have to care about and you have to think of better ways so i disagree that the economic development director should be spending so much time on the greenway trail but I, I understand the points as to why he does. Do you agree that there should be an economic development uh, director, or if is there a way to w would you I, change I, the position, make it full time, and try, which would probably involve spending more money? Well, I think I think a part time economic development director can work, and is probably what we should be trying to do. I just disagree with his charge. I would say. And did the economic development office or the director play a part in those uh, expansions you're you're talking about? Uh, to a certain extent, helps with permitting uh, things like that. But you know, when people want to invest, and you take at that level, Larry Janeski and Basement Systems and Thule, they have the resources, they have the ability, they're going to go through it. They don't need help from the town. Now, Fred did help him with the tax incentive plan, like I said, helped him with zoning, helped him with the building official, things like that. But that's his job to facilitate when it's private land. We don't have town land where he can be out actively selling and, and trying to develop that himself. So he just simply needs to be a resource for those developers. So Something I would like to see more, because I've been saying I, I don't agree, a couple things I would like to see more is, and I've mentioned this now at selectman meetings, I would like to see him have or even just the, we don't have to talk about anybody specifically, but the economic development department in town, let's say, I think they should have a better readiness with information than they do currently. And I think that the time of the economic development director could be better spent maybe advising, like planning and zoning, for instance, which is a volunteer. They're elected, but these are by and large volunteers i think if he he were in more contact with them advising them on because he's he's supposed to be an expert in the field of economic development so if he was advising people like planning and zoning on ways to to maybe help our economic development if we could change some regulations if we could look at you know better ways to drive business i think that would be time better spent okay 
with that, that's, that's 49 minutes. We're, we're, we're just about finished. Well, we unless, don't get the full hour? Unless, this is Anthony. Uh, they get the full well, hour. You guys are, I, you guys <laughs> are busy. Get an hour You're and 20. busy. Mm-hmm. Well, well, what I'm saying, is, yeah, but, but... We're just starting but, to crank it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but we keep it, keep it uh, concise. You and, just flipped uh, a piece of paper at me. So and I mean, this and is. to the point, <laughs> more people will listen. Now we can tease this as, uh, you know, get ready for the big fight over economic development <laughs> at the end. I will say that I, I do appreciate the way that um, Kurt and I personally get along. I appreciate the way that our parties fight less than other towns. It really bothers me a lot when I see somebody like Tarek Raslin um, enter the race and immediately. That's in an Ansonia. He's the Ansonia 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 right. Democratic. Um, immediately be county. chastised for reasons that people don't even understand. You know, I've seen I've seen comments about his name. I've seen comments about his his experience or what people perceive as lack thereof, and these people have never spoken to him. You know, I, I see I saw the the controversy two days ago about his letter to the editor, and I think that's very petty. I think the people getting angry about it um, are misguided, because I've written letters to you guys. Kurt has pretty much everyone who is involved in anything in the valley has, and you've you know you've run them all, and to, and to get angry about a guy who they think you know and the guy hasn't gone out there and, and been you know fuing cassetti and if you even if you love cassetti th- you have to admit that there should be room for another person to be able to challenge him i mean people in his own party challenge him constantly as mayor cassetti himself said repeatedly like there was he you know sleep. he thought that there might not be a democratic candidate and he's 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 always said like no wait, let's let's have a, a debate let's have a i hope i have an opponent so so yeah then, he he welcomes uh i mean even when yeah. we had him on the podcast he I mean, we never those weren't prepped in any way we didn't tell him he didn't say like oh i'll only come on if you talk about yeah. this that we, he would just we would ask him anything and, yeah, and, under and the like, sun and right. i can't think of a time i mean he's very accessible he is and so is uh, Tarek, uh, in my experience. Um, but you know, it's uh, like, you know, when you're a reporter, sometimes you deal with politicians who, you know, Oh, could I talk to you about this? And then, you know, they take two weeks to try to avoid, you know, having to answer questions about something. And Cassetti hasn't, I, I, in my memory, I don't think he's ever, he's like, yeah, we'll uh, come over at two or whatever. He's always usually, uh, pretty open about it. So, but you know, the Stefan's point the man puts out an initial letter to the editor essentially introducing himself and that generates that much hoopla that much animosity he really hasn't talked about positions where he stands on things so uh, it's scary to think what it's going to be like when he does yeah I, I just think he was simply introducing himself maybe there shouldn't have been so many pictures who knows but yeah I'll I mean, agree. okay if, yeah like that's one if, thing we learned out if of this that's sorry, what this, the big issue is then right, people know if you want to add a picture to your story, then add a picture to your story. I don't think it's that big a deal. It's a picture of him at his wedding and riding a dirt bike, and I, I don't get the big deal of it, to be honest. I just It's so discouraging to me, and it's happening in Derby too. I mean, now you have three people in a mayoral race there. I will say I think the mayor has been above the fray, but I think her two challengers, immediately they come out and they're just immediately throwing pot shots, both of them, and I, I, I think it's... I think it's wrong. I think that at a town level, to, to Kurt's point earlier, everyone's in it for kind of the same reasons. When you when you hear the announcement that someone is running for something, the first inclination of so many people is to hurl insults and to say, 
well, it doesn't matter because the other person's going to win, or you know, we don't even need to listen to this this person. All those things you could be could be found right in the Valley Indie Indi comment section, and yeah, comments on the internet are not so, not something that you should be ba- putting a lot of stock into. But the nature of town politics is that's kind of the sounding board for people to to talk about the issues, and a lot of people. Something that also discourages me is a lot of people won't give you the time of day when you go to their house try to try to talk to them. People will, and it's, it's hysterical because you could you could see if it's a Democrat Republican that you're knocking on their door, and some of these people that you know are going to vote for you, you knock on their door and they tell you to go f yourself before you even get to their door. Wait, do they literally say that from the other side? Oh, of the door? oh yep, yeah. it those, happens all the time, yeah. and it doesn't matter who. I'm sure Kurt's heard it from Republicans. I've heard it from many Democrats. Yeah, although and, here's the thing though, like. In 2017, I don't want anybody knocking on... I live on a busy street. I don't want any... I'm in my underwear doing... I'm just hanging out, playing Grand Theft Auto Five. Suddenly, yeah. I got Art Gherkins and Mayor Degato at my door. I'm not prepared for that. Surprise. Surprise. I, I, but, I saw... Like, the, somebody shared a clip of a stand-up comedian being like, the difference when you were, like, growing up and somebody rang the doorbell. It was like, yeah, yeah. come on in. We oh, that's, that's one of the greatest cake, videos. I love cake, that video. And we always had cake for the, for the company, you know? Like, <laughs> and now somebody rings the doorbell. It's like... Yeah. Like, Turn down your TV. Maybe seal frogmen. I'm telling my kids like, to be quiet. Crawling across the floor, yeah. It, it's just the mailman. But it is. Sometimes they bring you into the house to talk to you, so it slows you down. They'll kill 15 or 20 minutes BSing with you, so that way you're not out hitting doors. So there's a... Oh, wait. There's, there's a method wait, there's to a that as well. There's a political game and shit <laughs> yeah. going on in some of these So if let, let's say it's, you know, I support candidate X and candidate Y is out the door, I might invite candidate Y into my house to sit down and have a 15 or 20 minute conversation. Knowing full well, I'm not going to vote for that person, yeah. but it's just slowing them down so they hit less doors that day. <laughs> So yeah, it's a that is awesome. That happens too, and that's almost as bad as people slamming the door yeah. in your face. And, you know, a lot of people, names or a lot of people will answer the door, and then the only thing they want to know is what party are you in. Yeah, and it's I hate that. I hate it too. Yeah. And you know what? This is I, I hate to even say this because it's going to anger some people, and I would think my party in my town, considering I'm the chairman of the Democrats, but. I don't think there should be any party affiliations in town politics whatsoever. I agree. I think it's I think it's counterproductive. I think it leads to and, and this might sound like sour grapes because we're on the the downside right now, but it leads to people just voting for a letter instead of voting for ideas. Um, and 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 I really I really don't like that. Well, and it's it's a weird position for me to be in to be the chairman of the Democratic Town Committee. I understand that, but it's. It's really discouraging when you go to someone's door and they say, what party are you? And what they're thinking is they're thinking health care. They're thinking guns. They're yeah. thinking um, taxes at, at the yeah. national. They're thinking income tax, things like that. They're not thinking, are you going to, what's your plan to pave my street? What's your plan to fund education? What's your plan to improve the parks? They don't, that doesn't cross their mind. And it's, it's really frustrating. Well, it's like the old days when we went in the booth. There was a Republican lever the and a leader, Democratic yeah, lever. You yeah. can yeah. just pull it. That was it. You didn't even have to look at who the candidates were. You can just straight party vote with one click. So I agree. I think names parties should be taken off at the local level because it should be about the person and their ideas. Because, again, there's no Republican or Democratic. We're not going to get into abortion. We're not going to talk about guns. Mm -hmm. We're not going to talk about health care. You know, we're not going to talk about those things at a local level. If we do, honestly, I'll get up and leave abortion like me because it's not our place to talk about those things. the founding fathers who we all extol constantly uh not me didn't, no, I'm just kidding didn't, <laughs> didn't you know d- didn't envision political parties and that's right. essentially what george washington when his farewell said like you know beware of political factions and then you know here we are yeah so 
And also the Statue of Liberty. No, I'm just. Gonna, I'm not even going to get into that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually. Emma I Lazarus agree. is a good poet. I agree uh, with what everybody's saying here, and it's also, you know, I just got a call before you guys walked in here. Somebody pitching a story. Did we, you know, basically localize a national issue? Um, and I just said no, no, I don't want to. Like, and that's a thing we used to do at newspapers all the time, Ethan and I, where you take a big national issue and you kind of get the reaction local. Or you find somebody that's being affected locally by whatever giant mega issue is mm-hmm. going on. And I, and I see that, and this may be wrong to say, but that's just outside our mission. You know, that's like one thing like, as, as Derby, uh, and I know what you mean, yeah, the, everyone's sort of taking swings at each other, but one of the things that we're trying to do this year in Derby specifically is sort of is do stories that are... Uh, driven by like the issues like mm-hmm. from like gene loda's old uh, 2011 uh flyer right here and that's why we did a story on on, on taxes in derby there was some talk about well our taxes went up 10 percent, but there was a little more to it and uh, route 34 widening we're, we're trying to take it different because i think in years past we sort of did that we would try to cover everything well even when we had three people uh and then we would just whatever the daily name calling was we would add gasoline to that fire by covering all that and we're trying not we've tried not to do that like with our budget coverage this year uh, but what ends up happening is then the post does it and then then people are like hey you guys missed this story i'm not giving you nothing <laughs> and it and of course backfires and that's why the media is going to hell but uh anyway that's all right there you got one hour wow wow I, I've been, Lucky us. it's I've the only been, hour uh, sumer is going to get all month but so <laughs> i'm glad we maximized it I'm glad, I, I'm glad I got a chance to see who's emailing you there on your Gmail. It's, it's like a who's who of uh, <laughs> Republican powerhouses in the Naugatuck Valley and beyond. And beyond. <laughs> I'm kidding. I didn't see anything. All right. So uh, I want to thank Seymour First Selectman Kurt Miller for joining us. Always my pleasure. And uh, Stefan Bohuniak. You can follow him on Twitter at, at the Bohuniak. Yeah, that's a good place. Good best, place to be. That's fantastic. <laughs> the best handle on Twitter. And Ethan Fry. Thanks, Ethan. No problem. Thanks, guys. All right, and we're on vacation next week. Just a programming note. Mm. There'll be no news, at least out of the Valley Indy, uh, next week. Wow. So Everybody hear that? Don't make any news next week. It'll right. be, just pretend that this is what, it, this oh, is what it's like. We're all sorts of stuff <laughs> next week. All the news will happen yeah. because of that. Next we week is the week for uh, illegal executive sessions, yeah, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Bye. Constant attrition We'll ride the dust
dinosaur We'll ride the dinosaur Thank you.